So my friends, uh, our gospel today is a turning point in the three synoptic gospels that relate it, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, that toward the middle of his ministry, Jesus takes his apostles away to Caesarea Philippi, and he asks them this question, who do people say the Son of Man is? Who do people say that I am? And there's a lot of different answers going around at this time. You're John the Baptist, you're Jeremiah, you're one of the other prophets. We don't really know. And similarly, in the world, you could ask people, who is Jesus? Like, what is it? And you got all, you could get all kinds of answers about who our Lord is. But ultimately, then he always looks at his church and he says, but you, who do you say that I am? And Peter here, speaking on behalf of the band of apostles, says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And just as Peter said, you are the Christ, so Christ replies, and I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Tu es Petrus, et super hanc Petram edificabo ecclesia meam. And that Peter is the chief of the apostles. It's the primacy of Peter among the apostolic band is unquestioned. That Peter is always, whenever, read the Gospels, whenever there is a list of apostles, Peter's name is always first. Always. Uh, they look to him for what to do. And he's not himself perfect. In fact, he's a weak and sinful man. He's the one who denies our Lord uh, on the night before the Passion. Um, but he is Peter. He is the rock, the foundation. And it's upon this rock, super hunk Petram, edificabo ecclesiam meam, that's upon the rock of Peter that the church is built. And so historically, we've always seen in the church the true church of Jesus Christ is built upon Peter and his successors. And so what is the visible, who is the visible source of unity in the church? How do we know that we are united and part of the one church of Jesus Christ? There's a lot of places claiming to be the church of Jesus Christ. How do we know that we are part of the one church, the actual church, of Jesus Christ? The Second Vatican Council um, gives us the answer, and it's related in the Catechism. The Pope, the Bishop of Rome, and Peter's successor, is the perpetual and visible source and foundation of unity, both in the bishops and of the whole company of the faithful. Are we with the Pope? Do we acknowledge the Pope as the Pope, as the successor of St. Peter? He is the visible source of unity. Peter, the Pope, our Holy Father, Pope Francis. If you acknowledge Pope Francis as the Pope, and you acknowledge that he has authority in the church, and total and absolute authority, the Second Vatican Council goes on. For the Roman pontiff, by reason of his office as vicar of Christ, and as pastor of the entire church, has full, supreme, and universal power over the whole church, a power which he can always exercise unhindered. That the Pope has full, supreme, and universal power over the whole church. He has authority. Do I recognize the authority of Pope Francis, the full, supreme, and universal power and authority of Pope Francis? If yes, 
And not just with words, but with how I act and live. How in the church, those in positions of ministry minister. Do we recognize the role of Peter? And do we unite ourselves to his Petrine ministry? Jesus gave the keys to St. Peter. He didn't give them to Michael Casey, right? He gave them to St. Peter. I can't start my own church. I got my keys unlock nothing. Well, here in the church, they unlock quite a bit. Um, but think about it. When you give someone, like if I pulled out my car keys, they're actually not on my person right now, but if I gave someone my car keys, in theory, I'm giving them permission to drive my car, right? And they can take my car and they could drive it around. I've given you the keys to my car. Jesus gave the keys to St. Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He exercises that authority and his successors exercise that authority um, totally unhindered. Our Lord gives this juridical authority. We can't think that our churches, our little parishes, are, uh, we have authority all on our own. Even the authority I exercise as pastor of St. Francis, I exercise because the Archbishop of Hartford appointed me pastor of St. Francis. He is a bishop in union with the Pope, and therefore he has the authority to appoint me as pastor. If Archbishop Blair decided to break off from the Pope, then there'd have to be a new bishop in Hartford, um, and then that one would have the authority to designate particular pastors. Or the ability, I said we had a wedding yesterday, right? My ability to celebrate a sacramental marriage comes through the authority of the church. And so it's direct from the Pope to the bishop, to me, to the couple. That's how it goes. Same with like hearing confessions. That's not, I have the sacramental power, but the, the juridical ability to do it. Peter has the keys. And when I offer absolution, yes, it's me with the priesthood of Jesus Christ, but it's in union with always the keys of St. Peter. He has the ability to bind and to loose. And so if we think that we can be in the church doing our own thing apart from the Pope, then we are grossly mistaken. Absolutely not. Also, a really cool point here that um, a friend brought to my attention. Um, here you go. You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates, the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. Now, I always think of that, and people usually talk about that in a defensive way, right? That the church is not going to be overcome by evil. I don't know about you, but I've never been attacked by a gate. Um, gates aren't offensive. Gates keep people in or they keep them out, right? That's what gates are meant to do. So the fact that the gates of the netherworld won't prevail against the church means that the slavery of sin and death will never keep the church of Jesus Christ captive. And that Peter and those in union with him will always, always faithfully have the ability to break people out of that slavery of sin and death. No prison can hold the church of Jesus Christ, particularly not the prison of sin and death, that we are set free. And so Peter is always leading the church um, out of this prison of sin and death um, in union all with our Lord. 
Because that's the next important point. It's still Jesus' power and it's still his church, right? Peter doesn't get to exercise his power separate from Jesus, but he is the steward. Whose authority is it? It's Christ's own authority. But Peter is the steward, the vicar of Christ. Pope Francis is not the vicar of Jorge Bergoglio. He's the vicar of Christ. He acts and speaks on behalf of Jesus Christ. St. Catherine of Siena would call the Pope the sweet Christ on earth. Il dolce Cristo, right? The sweet Christ on earth. When the Pope speaks authoritatively, particularly on faith and morals, um, he is speaking in the name and in the person and the power of Jesus Christ. We should reverence him. Il dolce Cristo, the sweet Christ on earth. And that then gets to our final point, our response. How do we respond? How do we, we need to grow daily in love and reverence for the office of Peter and for the shepherd chosen to hold that office. We need to grow daily in love of our Holy Father now, Pope Francis, um, as we should have had daily love for Pope Benedict, Pope John Paul II, Pope John Paul I, Pope Paul VI, all the way back, that we grow daily in reverence, that we love the Pope, and that we daily pray for the Pope. Every single day, we have to pray for the Pope. We should always seek to grow in deeper union with him. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Father Christopher Seiler, who studies in Rome at the, um, at the Pontifical um, Diplomatic Academy, he's going to be a diplomat in service of the Holy See, he was just visiting a few weeks ago, and actually we did a podcast recording on the church. If you listen to our podcast, we did an interview with Father Seiler on this. But he talked about like meeting the Pope. And um, because as a diplomat, that whole college, they meet the Pope, they have dinner with him, and they talk to him and just asking him straight up questions. And they said, you know, just how, how much of a real person Pope Francis is, how he has real concerns, how he really understands and grapples with the weight of his office. Um, and that we should pray for him. It can be very easy for the media to make a caricature of the Pope and to try to put, you know, he said this and this on these political issues. The Pope isn't a politician. He's the vicar of Christ on earth. And so we should love him and we should pray for him. We should try to da grow daily more and more. In Italian, and even the word we use, Pope, in Italian you call the Pope Papa. Papa Francesco, or in Spanish too, Papa Francisco. Um, Papa. He's our Papa. He's our dad, right? We pray for him. We love our Papa. And so we need to grow more and more in reverence and love for the Pope. As a result, there's no room. There's no room for being harsh and critical and judgmental of uh, the Pope on our social media, uh, among our friends, among our family. Oh, even though we're just among friends here, so let's bash the Pope. Absolutely not. I'm just among friends. Let me trash talk my father. Why not? And I'll post on social media too. No way. There's no room for that. We love. We grow in reverence and love um, for the sweet Christ on earth, our Holy Father, Pope Francis. And there's no room for me to think. Jesus didn't say to me, Michael Casey, you are Peter. I'm not Peter. There's no room for me to be, uh, think that I have that grace of office and can criticize and judge um, the Pope. Instead, we should pray for him. He asked, that's the big thing Pope Francis asks. Pray for me. Again and again, pray for me. Pray for me. 
And so today, we should respond to the call of our Papa, our Pope. We should pray for him. And we do in every Mass, in the Eucharistic prayer. We pray for him by name, in union with his Petrine ministry. Jesus gave Peter the keys of the kingdom. And the gates of the netherworld will never prevail against the church. And so today, we pray in a special way for our Holy Father, Pope Francis. We ask that we grow daily uh, in respect and love for him, and that he, especially aided by our prayerful intercession, faithfully shepherd and guide the Church of Christ entrusted to his care.